Grim to the brim. Grim to the brim. Grim to the brim to the brim. I like that. Grim to the brim. Hey guys, what's up? You're listening to Grim to the Brim with Banana Eggs and Davy Mustard Face. And Are you finished? It's a little bit indulgent, that, wasn't it? It's a little bit. And, and who else is here? Andy Spitty Nips. <laughs> nice, I like that. And cute pion pots. I think we've got a podcast lined up for you all today to listen to where we're going to do something different this week. We're going to read some uh, Grimm's fairy tales and uh, wait a minute. I've actually got a, a letter that I can read. It's not, it's not from Howard. Go on then. Did you write this yourself? No. Do we have a PO box? We have a teletext, so we should have a P.O. box. <laughs> Is Andy the only one with a set of keys to it? He's the only one with the keys to the teletext. <laughs> I'm the only one who puts the jokes on there. It's yeah. locked away in a, in a 24-hour storage. <laughs> anyway, this letter. Here we go. It says, Dear Andy, whatever your name is this week. Long-time listener, first-time writer. That's nice. Firstly, a quick thank you. This show is at least a hundred taller, wealthier with you in it. That's nice, isn't it? Doesn't mention anybody else. We've noticed. And secondly, I wanted to answer your question in episode six, Harp Tarp. I'm undoubtedly your number one fan, but I'm afraid even I had to laugh at your naivety. Imagine thinking that the iconic and much-loved sound of the ghost train came from the movement of the cart along the track. It simply goes against science. Is there perhaps a Hans or a Trina in your family tree? There's definitely wow. a Trina. What fucking mean? It's a real fan, this, like. Anyway, all joking aside, the sound is in fact my mother Elsie from South Shields. All the best, Greta Sponpok. Wow. <laughs> it's kind of it, wasn't it? Take the time to write a letter. To be honest, I'm going to write her back. I'm going to say, what the fuck about the rest of us? Oh, well, she... It's on really small paper, so yeah. that's probably why. We were the fucking original founders. She's left us out. He's not even... He's, he's new. He's the new lad. Well, he's not the new lad. Ali's the new girl. I said to him, Andy, you can't read fan mail. That doesn't include me. Okay. <laughs> Andy, write her back. Is there a address on that letter? I'm getting in Dave's car now. Oh, yeah, on the back of the envelope. But I, yeah. I don't... I'm okay, not going to uh, tell you if you're going to... You know. As much as I'd like you to avenge us, I think the sound quality would suffer. I think you should wait until after we're finished and then head on over to Shanka. You know. All right, okay. That's fine. I'm then. not going to give you the address if you're going to Shanka. I'm not going to Shanka. I'm going to burn down a goddamn gingerbread house. Well, I believe there may be some kind of story that one of us is going to read this way. Oh, sorry, my voice is just a bit hoarse at the moment, but uh, it's just because I'm so excited about all of these uh, stories that we're going to read. So if you just... Uh, uh, go ahead, uh... Piff, Paff, Poultry. Good day, Father Hollands. Oh, many thanks, Piff, Paff, Poultry. <laughs> May I be allowed to have your daughter? <laughs> oh, yes. If Mother Malcho, in brackets, milch cow, milk cow, <laughs> wow. brother high and mighty, sister Kayser Trout, and fair Catronelia are willing, you can have her. She's in the cow house, milking the cow. Good day, Mother Malcho. Ah, many thanks, Piff Paff Poultry. <laughs> you did say every character should be Yorkshire, right? Every character. I've written down Yorkshire here, so 
I'm just going to go with what I've written. May I be allowed to have your daughter? Oh, yes. If Father Hollenth, Brother High and Mighty, Sister Kaisertraut, and Fair Catranelia are willing, you can have her. Oh, where is Brother High and Mighty, then? He's in the room, chopping some wood. <laughs> pretty good so far. What room? He's in the room. 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 In room. He's starring in the room with Greg Sestero and... Tear me apart. He's in the room. <laughs> Good day, Brother High and Mighty. Many thanks, Piff Paff Boltre. It's more like a Lancashire thing. That is Scottish, 100%. Oh, thanks. It's very Sean Connery. <laughs> May I be allowed to have your sister? Oh, yes. If Father Hollands, Mother Malchor, Sister Kaisertraut, and Fair Catranelia are willing, you can have her. Where is Sister Kaisertraut, then? She's in the garden cutting cabbages. And we obviously move into the garden. Where are we? We're in the cabbage patch now, aren't we? Yes. Uh, good day, Sister Kaisertraut. <laughs> Many thanks, Piff Paff Poultry. <laughs> may, <I be> <laughs> may I be allowed to have your sister? Oh, yes, if Father Holland, Mother Malchor, Brother High and Mighty, and Fair Catranelia are willing, you may have her. Where is Fair Catranelia, then? She's in the room, counting out her farthings. <laughs> she's in room, didn't you see her before? Oh, she's in She's already in there five minutes ago. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, gonna, we're getting to the climax here. We finally found her. Good day, Fair Catranelia. Many thanks, Pif Paf Poultry. Wilt thou be my bride? Oh, yes. If Father Hollenth, Mother Malcho, Brother High and Mighty, and Sister Kaiser Trout are willing, I am ready. Oh, fair Catranelia, how much dowry hast thou? Fourteen farthings. Oh, fucking lost her voice. <laughs> what, was she some kind of Spanish? You're only after me for my money. <laughs> You've asked everyone, my relatives, if you can have my hand in marriage. I say, I, I'll be your bride, and you say, how much money have you got? I call shit on you, son. Not having it anymore. Crap this. She's right, yeah. He also, like, he asked the brother first as well. Did they go fucking mad when they wrote this bit? Like, dude, let's stop writing stories for a second, write a fucking episode of Emmerdale. Like, it was 500 years ago. <laughs> Why were they writing Emmerdale episodes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the first soap opera. This <laughs> he's in fourteen farthings as well. You've got a room, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, this diaries gets even better, by the way. Let's go. Okay. Was she French, Spanish? Fourteen farthings in ready money, three and a half groschen owing to me, half a pound of dried apples, a handful of fried bread. And a handful of spices. Firstly, she's Russian. And secondly, I would love it if somebody said to me, what's your dowry? And I'm like, a handful of fried bread. Take it or leave it. I'll fucking take it. Fried bread? <laughs> I'll fry shit. it for you. <laughs> Just give me the bread and the oil. Like, like you can't get it anywhere else. Were they keeping this in her bottom drawer? Like these dried apples <laughs> that they were hoping would never go off? And... Why are they so dry? What happened to fresh apples? She had them since birth. Is she in like a graze box like plan or something? Why has she got so much dried fruit? She's very specific about having like two handfuls of things, so I imagine she's just been holding them in her hands this entire time. <laughs> like one hand with fried bread and the other with spices in them. 
and many other things are mine. Have I not a dowry fine? Fine. That fine. Up. Yeah. Yeah. How many? And many other things are mine. Have I not a dowry fine? That's real cute, lads. But fine isn't a word. Just because you need a rhyme doesn't mean you can make up a fucking word. <laughs> <laughs> dowry fine. I'm fine, thank you. Oh, <laughs> what was the lyrics again? And many other things are mine. Have I not a dowry fine? One, two, <laughs> one, two, three, four. And many other things are mine. Have I not a dowry fine? Beautiful. Fine. How many are real tight? Fucking lit, mate. Sign us up. Male and female voices here, and yet we're all on the same exact pitch. <laughs> I think we nailed it. I might, you know. I might. <laughs> I might Go for do it. that. I'll auto-tune it, time-align it, melodyne it, and... Uh, make it real tight. I'll make it as tight as, as like, a we're genuine... We're some dope harmonies. Yeah, I'll make it sound like a BTS song. So, is there a story ending to this? We derailed. This, just yes, fucking let's, let's finish this horrible mess. Okay, let's go. Here we are. Piff. Oh, French, French. Piff, piff. Come on, Scottish. Piff, 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 poultry. What is thy trade? Art thou a tailor? Something better. A shoemaker. Something better. A husbandman. Something better. A joiner. Something better. A smith. Something better. A miller. Something better. Perhaps a broom maker. Whoa. Yes, that's what I am. Fuck yes, lad. Is it not lad. a fine trade? <laughs> if thou want to dry, the thou st- cry. The end. <laughs> He's this a broom maker. That, yeah. That's the end. That's the uh, end. That's it. We're all done. They What's didn't the have Guns N' Roses in those days. It was just broom makers, like, really rocking it. <laughs> She's like, yes! <laughs> Groupies. <laughs> Set for life. And we don't actually hear her response to this. She's like, marry him. She's just like, you are not a broom maker. Is that not a fine trade? She's trading in some fried bread for some brooms right now. Fried bread for brooms. Like, that should be a... Hashtag. What's that song called? Fucking Pink Floyd. Fried bread for brooms. (laughs) You know, wish you were here. (laughs) Anyhow, this next story is called Old Rink Rank. There was once on a time a king who had a daughter, and he caused a glass mountain to be made and said that whosoever could cross to the other side of it without falling should have his daughter to wife. Then there was one who loved the king's daughter, and he asked the king if he might have her. Yes, said the king. If you can cross the mountain without falling, you shall have her. And the princess said she would go over it with him, and would hold him if he were about to fall. So they set out together to go over it, and when they were halfway up, The princess slipped and fell, and the glass mountain opened and shut her up inside it, and her betrothed could not see where she had gone, for the mountain closed immediately. That was glass? (laughs) It's like a crystal maze challenge. (laughs) No, it's not see-through glass. Oh, it's not see-through glass, is it not? (laughs) Fucking how convenient. Fucking frosted, is it? Can we just go back to... I'm sorry, Andy, but the very first line of this story, he caused... A glass mountain to be built. <laughs> caused it, yeah. He caused it. How, how... It was an accident. How does one cause yeah. that? 
All right, I'm here for my weekly sandwich. Oh, we don't have any letters. <laughs> oh. oh, shit, man. You know what's going to happen? Last time this happened. <laughs> it's gonna have you seen over there how many glass mountains? How many? The glass Alps were built because I couldn't get tomatoes on the uh, BRT. I tried to order a subway and well. Then he wept and lamented much. <laughs> and the king was miserable too. And he and had the mountain broken open where she had been lost and thought he would be able to get her out again, but they could not find the place into which she had fallen. Meanwhile, the king's daughter had fallen quite deep down into the earth into a great cave. An old fellow with a very long grey beard came to meet her, and told her that if she would be his servant and do everything he bade her, she might live. If not, he would kill her. Wow, sweet deal. So she did all he bade her, in the mornings, he took his ladder out of his pocket and set it up against the mountain and climbed to the top by its help, and then he drew up the ladder after him. No questions? Is that the end? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You never know with grim stories. The princess had to cook his dinner, make his bed, and do all his work, and when he came home again, he always brought with him a heap of gold and silver. Yeah. When she had lived with him for many years and had grown quite old, he called her Mother Mansrot. Wow. And she had to call him. He called her what? And she had to call him. <laughs> Mother Mansrot. Mother Mansrot. Call Mother me that Ma and you get slapped yeah. into next week, mate. <laughs> mate. <laughs> you look to get cancelled. I, I, I need a refresher, right? Okay. <laughs> what did he do, right, where he was bringing back gold and silver? Wasn't he the broom maker? That was the last story. Oh. That's a different story. He works in the glass mountain. He's the manager of the glass mountain. Like, <laughs> Maybe he's not the manager. Maybe he's just a supervisor. He seems the type, you know? Yeah, no, no idea where he gets this heap of gold and silver from. He just climbs his ladder and goes out to to work. A ladder that, like, uh, to the top like, of the mountain just... or, like, outside of the mountain? Probably mm. outside. Andy, you did this. When she lived with him for many years <laughs> and had grown quite old, he called her Mother Man's Rot, and she, call, uh, and she had to call him... Old rink rank. Well, why not? She had to. Like it was romantic. That was, part of, that was one of his stipulations. Mother. Then once he was oh, out no. and she had made his bed and washed his dishes, she shut the doors and windows all fast. And there was one little window through which the light shone in, and this she left open. When old rink rank came home, he knocked at his door and cried, "Mother man's rot, open the door for me." <laughs> no said she, Old Rink Rank, I will not open the door for thee. <laughs> and then he said, Here stand I, poor Rink Rank, on my seventeen long shanks, on my weary, worn-out foot. Wash my dishes, Mother Man's Rot. I have washed thy dishes already, said she. Then again, he said, Here stand I, poor Rink Rank, on my seventeen long shank, on my weary, worn-out foot. Make me my bed, Mother Man's Rot. I have made thy bed already. Can we just clarify, is it just the one foot he's got? One foot, 17 shanks. He's been to prison. He's had a hard just... time of it. All focused around his big foot. How is foot. he climbing a ladder? He's got one foot. One very shanked up foot, mind. Which is basically like a deck. <laughs> no, and she's so nice for him calling her Mother Mansrot. For just, for just to call him Rink Rank, I'd have been like, Oi, pointless dick, your bed's outside tonight. We have to presume that this happened every single day. <laughs> every single day for years. <laughs> 
But he had right. to beg to get in every single day, though. Wait, so he's got a ladder, <laughs> so he can get out, and she can access this ladder as well. It's a fucking mountain. Have you lost your, lost track of your life? <laughs> you just fell into it for a bit. Get out. <laughs> this is my life now. Yes, so she's made the bed already. And then again he said, Here stand I, poor rink rank, on my 17 long shanks, on my weary worn out foot. Open the door, mother man's rot. Then he ran all round his house and saw that the little window was open and thought, I will look in and see what she can be about and why she will not open the door for me. He tried to peep in, but could not get his head through because of his long beard. So he first put his beard through the open window, but just as he had got it through, Mother Mansrot came by and pulled the window down with a cord which she had tied to it, and his beard was shut fast in it. In it. Then he began to cry most piteously, for it hurt him very much, and to entreat her to release him again. But she said not until he gave her the ladder with which he ascended the mountain. Then, whether he would or not, he had to tell her where the ladder was. And she fastened a very long ribbon to the window, and then she set up the ladder and ascended the mountain, and when she was at the top of it, she opened the window. She went to her father and told him all that had happened to her. The king rejoiced greatly, and her betrothed was still there. He was still there. He was just still there. And they went and dug up the mountain and found old Rinkrank inside it with all his gold and silver. Then the king had old Rinkrank put to death <laughs> wow. and took all his gold and silver. The princess married her betrothed and lived right happily in great magnificence and joy. Is this the end? That's the end. Who was so the moral of the story is, do what you're fucking told. If some old pervert captures you, do what you're told. Shank him in his feet till he can't <laughs> take no more. <laughs> <laughs> just keep putting it keep adding insoles to his shoes just keep putting wank in his name and just shank him daily eventually I need to learn the skills of how to get how to cause a glass mountain to be built I need to learn this I don't think you can learn it it's it's accidental born into it like you, you, yeah, maybe she's born with to... maybe it's over in rank do we do we need to do Listen. a reel to the brill then or do we just leave that for next week I've done a reel to the brill Real to the Brill is where we take a story from our real lives and retell it with a Grimm's fairy tale twist. Real to the Brill. Do it right now. Real to the Brill. Real to the Brill. Real to the Brill. Real to the Brill. Real. Sounds like a shit Coke advert. <laughs> it's the real to the real thing. It's the real to the real thing. Do you want the real thing? <laughs> What's the? Do they have like they have jingle bells? <laughs> then it's like it's the real. It's like a Stevie Wonder thing. Real to the real thing. You know. There you go. There's your little clip. Get on with it. Come on. Let's read it. There was once a spoiled prince called Bortoise, who was always sweating. His face was eternally soaking wet. His feet left wet footprints in the courtyard even on dry summer days. His pit stains were the talk of the town from 1650 to 1651, a particularly warm year. But what bothered Bortoise most were the stains he left in his seat when he stood up. Great big royal shiny trails of sweat in the shape of his royal crack. He remembered the carefree days before his sweaty crack began to embarrass him. 
the days when he would stand up to scream orders at his servants or thrash his servants or throw entire bottles of wine at his servants, they were happier times. One day he'd noticed the smallest hint of a stain on his royal carriage seat, the look of the king and queen's faces after they glanced down as subtly as they could, holding back laughter. Now he winced at the thought of standing up in any room or situation. He would stay seated for hours until his royal functions had ended and the banquet halls had emptied out. Even after the servants had cleaned, doused the lights and gone to bed, he remained in his seat until he was certain he was alone. The stains had grown over the years and they seemed almost a cruel exaggerated parody of how they had really looked when he stood up. One day a beautiful servant girl had caught his eye, not for any particular physical attribute but for an item which she wore around her neck. A beautiful hand-woven silk scarf, bright red in colour, striking against the backdrop of the rest of the world. You! He bellowed, startling the poor girl. Uh, me, sir? Uh, your grace? Just call me your excellency, he spat back, spitting out a whole chicken leg. That scarf you wear, <laughs> I need it for, uh, well, never mind what I need it for. But, oh, but, sir... Your Excellency, it was a gift from my late grandmother, a family heirloom. I couldn't possibly... She began to cry and then slowly began to remove it. Seeing this, the prince took pity on her. You can keep the scarf, but I'll need to borrow it. Each and every time I sit down, you can have it when I stand. (laughs) Oh, well, well, of course, Your Excellency. You will accompany me at all times. If I should need to sit, you must immediately remove your scarf. He said, dabbing his wet armpits with the skin of a chicken before scarfing. <laughs> Let me read that again. He said, dabbing his wet armpits with the skin of a chicken before. <laughs> you will accompany me at all times. If I should need to sit, you must immediately remove your scarf. The servant girl almost wretched, but managed to control herself. I have another scarf just like it, but. You pile of cat shit! You will never open your mouth again! Is that clear? She nodded ferociously, her eyes almost popping out of their sockets. Now, accompany me to the luncheon with the Duke of Farnham Blugstropel and his deaf wife, Margaret. The two went by carriage. (laughs) He sat upon her beautiful red scarf, and she sat on the floor by his feet. He seemed very excited when they arrived. He leapt to his feet to examine his dry seat. He picked up the scarf, which had become stuck to the leather of the chair, and he tossed it at the servant girl. Put this back on! I won't have it carried anywhere but on your neck. She did so, slowly and with disgust. It was soaking wet and smelled foul, like the inside of, well, the inside of a prince's anus. When they entered the luncheon hall, they were greeted by the duke and his deaf wife. Before his buttocks could touch the seat, the servant girl had whipped off the damp scarf and lined his seat with it. The duke seemed not to notice. They dined for 16 straight hours and the prince had to sleep on his chair for a further eight hours due to exhaustion. He had eaten 16 unplucked hens raw and alive. The duke had passed out hours ago and been carried off to bed. The servant girl had just about fallen asleep on the floor when the prince snapped himself back awake at 3am in the morning. We leave at once! Put on your scarf! She was white with shock and shaken with the prospect of putting a scarf so foul and moist around her neck. But she did so, and the two went back to the palace overnight and returned to the king and queen for breakfast. 
and so on and so forth until the prince died 71 years later after falling down the <laughs> stairs. The servant girl had to pull her scarf from his cold, dead buttocks and finally placed it at his... <laughs> and finally placed it back at its rightful place around her neck. She sighed for the first time in decades and then died right there on the floor. <laughs> the end. What the fuck is this real to the brill? <laughs> I couldn't read I had that to any... mute throughout that. I was just wheezing. <laughs> That's a happy ending. Like it was it. happy. I like how he's, in the end his buttocks were cold. Yeah, cold and dead. <laughs> she had to pull the scarf yeah. from his cold, dead buttocks. <laughs> pull it out. Right, okay. I'm just going to say, though, she had a one exactly the same this whole time. Why did yeah. she not just give him that one and pretend? Because he was so Would you powerful. like me to read what he said to her when she suggested that particular piece idea? Piece of cat shit. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but he, yeah, but he wouldn't know Let if she did it when this, he wasn't looking. Let's do a reenactment here. I'm pretty sure he called her a piece of cat shit. Kate, I want you to suggest that I use your other scarf instead. Say, David, I have another scarf I, just I like it. A scarf blue. exactly identical. You will never open one. your mouth again, you pile of cat shit. Is that clear? Yeah, but That's I don't have to that. open my mouth again to just secretly switch the fucking scarves around, do I? I don't think it was worth the risk. He, I'm a mute. She, I'm not an idiot. She never opened her mouth again, you know? It doesn't matter. She's got a use of her hands and her brain. I suppose. What the fuck is this real to the brill? <laughs> Do you want me to tell you the real story behind it's it? real life is what it yes. is. Come I'll on. tell you the real story it's behind it. It's a great story. It's not a great story. Uh, my brother, Blaine, was quite an obese chap when we were growing up. And uh, we had a, some kind of like, I don't know what the fuck it was. You know when you go to schools and it was like a speech day where they would like, I don't know, they would just sit there and they would read out speeches and everyone would sit on the stage and, and then it was a big thing. Do you remember that kind of shit? Did that happen at school? No. No. That never happened at school. What no, kind of school did you go to? What kind of school did you go to? I think he won a book. He won a book. Like instead of a, a <laughs> instead of a prize, he won like a science book that he picked. Um, well, basically, he had to sit on the stage and he was very embarrassed uh, because my family, I don't know if your family is the same, but my family, we have very sweaty ass cheeks and ass cracks and if we ever sit on a seat that isn't like fabric uh we when we stand up there's a big old stain of sweat on the seat no, I mean, do you get that david this i'm i'm so proud of you i mean this this story speaks to me because <laughs> i've i've lived through similar <laughs> similar problems in the past like i have to stand up to sing a hymn in in fucking uh in like what do you call it it uh, assembly. assembly. Yeah, I have to stand up and sing a hymn. I need mm. to like slide off my seat really slowly and slide the yeah, sweat mark yeah, yeah, all yeah. the way to the front of the chair where people exactly, are. Exactly, man. Yeah, it was, fucking... it was a specific way of standing. So Blaine up. was like my brother Blaine. Um, he had to like stand up and do a speech or some shit. I can't remember what it was, but it was at school. It was on the stage. It was in front of everyone, all the girls, all the people, and um, he needed some solution really because he was really worried about it. So my nana. She was wearing a lovely silk scarf at the time, and he was just like, <laughs> "Nana!" It was like it was like this insisted thing. It was like, "Get that scarf off and get it on my arm." You told me he didn't even say it. He just said, "Nana." Yeah, he and just, then said, just demanded. I mean, I'm 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 like trying to fill in the blanks for some people, but it, all he said was "Nana," and then she just took her scarf off reluctantly and then gave it to him for his <laughs> a ass. Beautiful she just silk knew. Scarf. And oh when he God. gave her it back at the end of the night, she was like, "Oh Jesus!" Like she just she couldn't refuse it, but like she put it on with a bit of. Disgust, like that's going in the bin. 
Like he's ruined my scarf, but at least I. Do stopped you not get incredible. laughed at by all the other kids for <laughs> sitting on a silk scarf, <laughs> Nana? <laughs> I think it was classy as shit, man. I don't think anyone really thought about it. Like he would have stood up with proudly and just like um, put it back in his pocket, and just that was that. Why the was... fuck did you and Blaine go to school, Oxford? So no, it was, it was a private scarf, school. You know, it's going to stink of lavender. Oh, you yeah, went to a private school. school. How do you know she that? wore a lot of lavender? She was a very lavender woman. She's a nana. His nana is a very, very well-kept woman. She's very pristine. So I can imagine for her that would be harrowing. She's very prim and proper. Um, yeah, but she put well, no, But on. the sounds of it, she was like, she she leapt to action. Well, she like, did, because she's you lovely. Don't wanna... Your brother went, nana, and she was like... You don't want to piss off Blaine. Choked herself trying to get it off. <laughs> yeah, it was like, Nana? And she was like, oh, shit, of course. <laughs> I must. And she whipped that but, scarf off and round his arse like, cheeks it went. She just knew exactly what he wanted. That He didn't even have to explain. <laughs> she just knew. He had Oddly, sweaty no. arse cheeks and she needed to remedy that. He didn't that. explain for even a second. Like, you know, you'd think like, oh, uh, I need my arse cheeks. It was like, Nana? And she instantly knew what the fuck he meant. And it was his for the night. And then uh, at the end of it, she, he handed it back to her and she was like, oh, shit. Putting a fucking wet towel around her neck at the end of the night. You know, when you get out of the shower and it's like... It was lovely and colourful and then it was just brown. <laughs> you just saw a visibly sag as it just hit the shoulders. And to be honest, it was my problem as well, but he was the only one who was ever like, Nana, get that... Sk-. Like, <laughs> puff, 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 Brother high and mighty. Brother high and mighty. Puff, puff, Brother high and mighty. Brother high and mighty. One, two, (laughs) one, two, three, four. Many other things are mine. Have I not dowry mine? Brim to the brim to the brim. I like that. Grim to the brim.